It's loud. Hello. Ah, oh, there's a few people saying hello. Hello. Um, it is great to be back with you. Uh, if you don't know me, you've heard my name's Joe Herbert James. Um, and I'm looking at Coralie and realizing I didn't get a chance to explain what I'm going to talk about today. So, sorry, and good luck. Um, this, uh, this church for me is home. Um, this is where I became a Christian when I was 17, um, which was over 20 years ago. I know, I don't look old enough. Um, but uh, I now live in Cardiff uh, with my husband, Pete. Uh, we're both doing some study at the moment. Um, I don't know why we both chose to do it at the same time. Uh, but uh, And we help uh, lead a church there, um, which wasn't the exact plan when we went there, but there we now are. So... Um, so it's really great to be here. I'm carrying on uh, the 365 series. Um, so, you know, disclaimer, it's Advent, you know, and I'm coming to talk to you about the last section of the vision statement, living generously, challenging the cultures and systems that create injustice and actively loving those affected. This isn't exactly a light topic, shall we say, and it's Advent, and uh, so I'm sorry, blame the people who invited me, um, but um, <laughs> sometimes I wish someone would give me a bit more topics more lighthearted to talk about, but anyway, um, but actually it's probably really appropriate to be talking about this subject in the context of Advent. Um, it doesn't get talked about that often at a very serious level, but Advent and this approach to the coming of Jesus is full of the, what we see, this challenge of the systems and cultures of injustice. That is everything that Jesus came to do was to challenge all that was wrong, all that is unjust, all that is sinful to bring about a different way of living. So my disclaimer, I didn't pick the timing. Uh, don't blame me. Um, but it is a privilege for me to talk about this. But you know what? It's also a burden. You know, there's a lot of talk in our culture at the moment about being woke, which has a, been a, a uh, reappropriated word that isn't always very helpfully used. There's a lot about this, what it means is an awareness or an awakening, a, a woken state to the issues of injustice. First, a term coming from the African-American community in America, where they are struggling and dealing and wrestling with the issues of racism. And this was a word that for them represented something about being awoken to this. And our culture, the kind of Western, middle class, often white culture, has kind of taken this word and turned it into uh, something to attack others with, to attack particularly people of color but others who say that they want to have an awareness of injustice. 
I don't know what people think of me sometimes. I'm sure that in a very contemptful way, many would say I'm woke. But when I understand where this word comes from, this awakening to injustice, this is really what I find in the Bible. What I find all through the narratives of Scripture is an awakeness, uh, a wakefulness and awareness and understanding of what is unjust and a hope and a way and an opportunity to bring about things in a just way. And this is, the, this is the gospel that we live in. This is the one that we are invited into. It's challenging. It's hard. Woke isn't just about being trendy and with the cool kids and what's being spoken about in culture at this time. It's really hard and demanding. And that's part of the challenge of the gospel. And so, again, I can't take any responsibility for this line being in your vision statement. Um, it's, I love that it's there, but again, it's really going to be a challenging one. This is, as a church, and in many ways I do actually still feel a part of this church. I just live somewhere else and don't get to come too often. But, so I'm going to refer to us. <laughs> is that all right? Thanks. <laughs> um, this, this challenge, uh, challenging the cultures and systems that create injustice. Now, the thing with this is that we need to understand a bit about those cultures and systems that create injustice. Now, there are many people that are way more learned than me that could tell you more about the political history um, and social history of how we are where we are today. Um, I'm sorry that I'm not more educated in that, but I've done a, no a lot of learning, I think, in the last particularly 15, 20 years, um, being at Tierfan and in my own studies. But my point is we don't really need to be political historians to begin to understand this. But what I would say, um, and, uh, and friends of mine have put this far more articulately, um, what we do need to understand is that the same systems that create their poverty for the poor, and these are the ones that we're saying we want to challenge, right? The same systems that create the poverty for the poor are the simultaneously the same systems that create the wealth for the rich. Okay? They are simultaneously the same systems that create the wealth for the rich. So do we understand what we're saying when we say that we want to challenge those systems that create injustice? What we're saying is that we want to challenge the systems that create poverty but that also means challenging the systems that create a huge amount of wealth. Wealth that you and I benefit from. 
you see, this isn't going to be that comfortable. I'm not that comfortable saying this. I have felt the burden of preparing this talk because the challenge is to me too. We live in a country with a history of having exploited the rest of the world in order to gain our wealth. It's staggering. And again, like I said, you don't need to be uh, a historian to fully understand all of these details. But the wealth of our country comes off the back of slavery, of things that we have stolen from other nations, where we decided that we would declare that other nations belong to us with no thought for the people who inhabited there. And all of that wealth just taken and brought back and put into our empire. That's our foundation. It's not great. It's a bit of a challenge. Feels uncomfortable. And we have uh, really, we have tons of systems, tons of cultures that create these injustices. We have things like gender pay gaps that exist in our culture today. The average is about 7% difference between men and women being paid. But that changes depending if you look on those who are over 40 and under 40, full-time, part-time, depending on the industries that you're in. Gender pay gaps, that is a system of injustice built predominantly on the patriarchy, on the value that men are worth more than women. So if slavery was built on white people being uh, worth more than people of color, men being worth more than women... Um, We have issues of trade justice, the clothes that we're wearing, the things that enable me to afford clothes, tends to be the exploitation of others who are making those clothes. I know you're going to really regret ever inviting me uh, to come and share. Cheery Advent stuff, right? (laughs) Climate justice, been in the news loads. Why is the earth suffering? Because we've exploited it for the sake of wealth and economy. No thought for the wider creation that belongs to God. Uh, Immigration systems and policies that exist in our country and around the world. Seeing the foreigner as other, worth less. The way that so many immigrants are treated in a way that native people would never be treated. And we've heard this, so that again, this statement comes off the back of what you've been listening to for the past number of months. We've heard about wholehearted worship. We've heard about restoring relationships and rehumanizing people. You've heard about being a resource church and learning to give away because we have so much here. And it's, and it's amazing. I come from a church, I was saying to Adam, it's really nice to be in church and not have to wear a massive coat. Because <laughs> we can't actually afford the heating at the moment. <laughs> I'm not kidding. 
Um, you know, we're in a church where Pete, my husband and I, we switch whether we're speaking or leading worship. We do the AV at the back. That's if it's working and we're lucky. Um, it's, we have so little. He, we have so much. And it is a testament to the generosity of generations of people that have worshipped here. And that is an amazing thing. And that desire to be a resource church, I love because it is that giving away what we have that is so much to be given. And it is a beautiful thing and a part of the kingdom. And all these systems that we're thinking about and talking about, we can't fix them all. But the challenge, if we are going to challenge these things, is how we learn to repair. Now, some people have attempted to do some of the calculations, the financial calculations, um, of how much the British Empire would owe to different parts of the world, how much accumulated wealth wealth that we had at the time and, you know, compound interest that uh, we would owe if the debts were be, to be repaid. Uh, Robert Beckford, I think a picture might come up. I'm sorry, I haven't done it in the right order, the stories. Um, thank you. I'm not doing the clicker, sorry. Um, so Robert Beckford, um, he's a professor, filmmaker, um, also a friend of mine. He did a documentary about 10, 15 years ago called The Empire Pays Back. And uh, he was really looking to do the calculations of what the reparations would be if the British Empire were to give back to um, the African and Caribbean slaves. This is just to pay back to the, the families, really, the descendants of those who were enslaved. Um, the maths that they did came to 7.5 trillion pounds. 7.5 trillion pounds over sort of 150-year period that the UK has benefited from that was stolen. Robert Beckford, I don't know if you've heard of, um, of Beckford Tower in Bath, uh, owned by the Beckford family. Um, Robert gets his surname from them, not because he was related but because that family owned members of his family, slaves. The legacy of these unjust systems are still around today. Robert has to deal with that every time he writes his name. The, the wealth that we have lived from for so long. And yes, we didn't do these things. Not you and I in this room or watching online chose to do those things, but we benefit from what others did. And so if we are really going to challenge the cultures and the systems of injustice, part of the really, really desperately uncomfortable truth that we have to face is that I am a beneficiary of them. I am. We are. I am. I stand here today as a beneficiary of slavery. Historic slavery and current slavery. 
almost every commodity that we buy in some way will be linked to the modern slave trade. It's desperately, desperately uncomfortable. Um, I could go on uh, and on about these things. And so how do we, how do we challenge? How do we understand? How do we begin to repair? What is an alternative? What should it look like? Well, unsurprisingly, God has some foresight of how we might all behave. Um, and uh, if you know me, you'll know that I love the book of Leviticus, uh, which I know is all of your bedtime reading. Um, it is a wonderful book, and it, is, it comes off the back of the point in history of the Israelite story. They've been brought out of Egypt where they were under slavery. Um, so Moses has led the Israelites out, and they've spent time in the desert, and this is where they are before they cross into that promised land. Um, and uh, I don't know how well, hopefully you'll be able to um, read that okay. So uh, this is what we find in Leviticus 25, where God is saying, I don't want you to live how you previously lived in slavery, how Pharaoh ruled over you with injustice. And so this is how I want you to live. This is really an economic and political um, uh, policy that God says that you are to live by. And it is scandalous at the time. Jubilee it was to come every 50 years in order to pay back. And it says this, consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. Each of you is to return to your family, property, and to your own clan. The 50th year shall be a jubilee for you. Do not sow and do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the untended vines. For it, for it is a jubilee and is to be holy for you. Eat only what is taken directly from the fields. In this year of Jubilee, everyone is to return to their own property. If you sell land to any of your own people or buy land from them, do not take advantage of each of them, of each other. You are to buy from your own people on the basis of the number of years since the Jubilee, and they are to sell to you on the basis of the number of years left for harvesting crops. Can you imagine this flying today? When the years are many, you are to increase the price. When the years are few, you are to decrease the price because what is really being sold to you is the number of crops. Do not take advantage of each other, but fear your God. I am the Lord your God. The land must not be sold permanently. Again, imagine today. Because the land is mine, and you reside in my land as foreigners and strangers. Throughout the land that you hold as a possession, you must provide for the redemption of the land. If one of your fellow Israelites becomes poor and sells some of their property, their nearest relative is to come and redeem what they have sold. It goes on. 
You can read the full chapter. But the level of detail that is in this, the level of craziness that it feels reading that and imagine those kind of policies existing today, this is what God said was the way to live. He said, if this was ever kept to, and there's no evidence that the Israelites fully ever achieved this, But if they had, it meant that the accumulation of wealth that we see today would have never, never have been possible. Because it just would not have been possible to accumulate that much wealth in a generation. And God offers there a way to live justly with one another. So what could repairs look like for us today? What's the pay gap? Where do you benefit? Maybe calculating the pay gap. What do you receive that others don't? Because if we wait for the rich to pay back, then we're going to be, A, we're going to be waiting a long time, but B, it doesn't deal with how complicated our relationship is with the system that we live in. It's really hard to untangle ourselves, but we can begin to repair. We can begin to pay back to repair in our small ways. Calculating how much we've benefited from our education, free education, to a point at least in this country? Are there ways we can give to organizations working for education in other countries that particularly that our country exploited in the past? It's really challenging. And these statements that we write, and I see them all over the place, as people have become woken to the reality of injustice, when we really look at the cost, it's not that attractive. It's really not. This uh, policy that we find in Leviticus It sounds really attractive. Every 50th year, people are free. Debts are uh, are wiped off. That sounds great for the poor. It doesn't sound like great for the rich. And where do we sit in terms of global wealth? With a rich, my friends, you may not feel rich as you sit here today. I definitely don't as I try and make ends meet each month because we're students, etc., etc. But the privilege of education I have, a roof over my head, food to eat. It's deeply uncomfortable. And that's the scandal of the gospel. It's the scandal of Advent. The saviour of the world, the scandal of God coming in poverty, the scandal of Jesus 
his mother and father traveling on a donkey, giving birth in a manger. The scandal of the gospel is scandalous then and it's scandalous today. And the challenge for us is what does that mean and what does it look like for us? It's really complicated as Western rich Christians. And I've spent the past 15 and 20 years trying to work out how to detangle myself how to resist this culture that values me, particularly as someone who is white, who values me more than so many others. And so <laughs> I warned you it didn't feel like a very cheery Advent talk today. <laughs> and sorry, not sorry. Maybe sometime they'll invite me to talk about something more cheery. <laughs> But do you see the challenge? And when we write these statements, that it's not going to be good enough for us as a church to just have it on a website. It's not going to be good enough for us to outsource it through Yeovil for Families or other such things. That's not going to be good enough. Because the injustice that exists all around us, that we are complicit in, that we are caught up in there is the offer of freedom from from when we come to Jesus and that lovely phrase about coming to the cross the foot of the cross remember the scandal of Jesus dying as a common criminal you know what happens when people die and all their muscles relax all of them What happens at the foot of the cross? It's not a pretty place. It's not a nice place where we sit in joyous admiration. It's a stench at the bottom of the at the foot of the cross. But when we come into the muck and the mire of this world, the injustice, the dark places, there is an offer to be free from the injustice that we find ourselves caught up in. And it's not glamorous, and it's not cool. Stories where you do spend time with those on the margins, those in the dark places, they're great stories on a stage, they're great stories in books, but they're not fun often when we're living in the midst of it, and yet... There is an incredible, precious holiness when we sit with the most despised and rejected in this world, in our nation. I think much like it would have been sitting next to that manger in a place that would have been despised thought unimportant and yet there would have been a beautiful holiness the presence of God not found in the palaces but amongst the poor I think I'm over time Um, 
I'm going to pray to close. Um, you may or may not be glad to know that this is part one. They invited me back in January. Sorry. Uh, where we'll do a bit more of part two. And we'll go into some of the practicalities of what does it mean to uh, love practically, to live generously. But we're never going to get there until we understand the challenge for us, particularly in the West. Um, And I'm sure that many of you will have more questions and answers after listening to me talk. There might be things that you wildly disagree with, uh, and that's okay. Um, I'm happy to chat with people. I'm happy to be proven wrong and disagreed with. Uh, But the challenge of Advent, the challenge and the scandal of Jesus coming in the way that he did, and he challenged the systems of wealth, of oppression. And he mostly did it by ignoring them. He mostly did it by not paying attention. He mostly did it by spending time amongst those who did not have wealth, who were despised. It's the scandal and the challenge of Advent and of the cross. So, let me pray. God, we ask that you would come and meet with us in our place of compromise as people who have benefited from systems and cultures that are not yours, that have oppressed your people for so long. And we come to the foot of the cross in all the muck and the mire, and we ask for your mercy. Because there is no way we can save ourselves from the situation that we find us. And God, we are sorry where we have not realized And God, we confess that probably for many of us, certainly for me, there are parts of my heart that I don't want you to go to. I don't want you to challenge me on. I don't want to give up my privilege. And God, I pray for your mercy. God, would you make us a church that is able to challenge injustice because of what you've done in us. Because you've freed us from being caught up in these systems. And God, we thank you for the scandal 
of Advent, the scandal of the Christmas story. And it is one that humbles us and challenges us. But let us kneel in the messy places and bring our wholehearted worship to you. Would you draw us into that place this Christmas with all of the complexities of our lives, the challenges, the stresses, the pain, the grief, all that we are, all that we carry, we do bring to the messy, messy foot of the cross and ask for your mercy. Amen.